welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. The world that endured four years and four months of the war to end all war. And finally, on September 29th, 1918, Bulgaria signed an armistice. And then a month later, the Ottoman Empire signed the armistice on October 30th, 1918. And then just a few days later, under extensive power or pressure from the Italian army, the Austro-Hungarian Empire signed the armistice November 3rd, 1918, thus bringing an end to the Habsburg monarchy. And then a month later, at Chopinot, France, on a railroad car, Germany signed the armistice, bringing an end to World War I. 17 million died in that war, and you see it there, 20 million more were wounded. But what happened next can stagger the imagination. A lance corporal in the German army right after World War I, united with a very small political party in Germany called the German Workers' Party. Almost unknown. There were only a handful of people in the party. But on February 24th, 1990, or excuse me, not 1920, not 1990, 1920, Adolf Hitler gathered 2,000 people, most of them ex-military men. They gathered for a party meeting that night, and he urged the party name to be changed from the German Workers' Party to the National Socialist German Workers' Party, thus giving rise to the Nazi Party. But it's, it's staggering because in, in 13 months, that party began to gain greater and greater power until by 1930, you had Hitler becoming chancellor of the party. And um, in, on January 30th, 1933. So just 13 years. It went from an unknown party to a party strong enough for their leader to become chancellor. And from chancellor to president. But then, in three short years, he had rearmed the German army, violating the Treaty of Versailles, but further, they marched into the Rhineland and took control of the Rhineland. 
further violation of the Treaty of Versailles. But even more staggering, just a few months later, he met with the Chancellor of Austria and demanded that Austria come under the protectorate of Germany and that Hitler be the governor of Austria. And as I said, just staggering to the mind. Just 30 days later, the German army marched into Austria. And then just a few weeks after that, Hitler began demanding that Sudetenland, the western part of Czechoslovakia, should be under German protectorate because after all, there was a German minority of people there. And in an effort to keep peace, the Prime Minister of England, Lord Chamberlain, met with Hitler. Out of that meeting, they signed a covenant. A covenant that in part stated that there would be no more war in the future between England and Germany. And as a part of that covenant, Germany would bring Sudetenland under its protectorate. Just a few days later, October 1st, Lord Chamberlain stood before the Parliament of Great Britain and announced to Great Britain with peace in our time. That was on October 1. One year later, on September 1st, 1939, the borders of Poland was crossed by the Blitzkrieg and Poland fell, setting the stage for the launching of World War II, in which, according to the World War II Foundation, 72 million people died. Wow. That melee from 1938 to 1941 set the stage and it launched the right honorable Winston Churchill onto the world stage and into historical greatness. Churchill was a prolific writer. He wrote over 20 books. He was also a very gifted orator but he was not only a brilliant orator he had the ability to see clearly and and to to know and to discern what was really happening in one of his books that was published in 1941 blood sweat and tears which i'm privileged to have a first edition copy It records Hitler's speeches from 1938 to 1941. In one of those speeches that he gave, 
and is recorded in that book, The Choice of Europe, was given on May 9th, 1938, just weeks before Lord Chamberlain is going to announce peace in our time. This is what Churchill said. Listen to the insight that he had. And listen to the principles that are relevant for you and for me today. Listen. Quote, Never before has the choice of blessings or curses been so plainly, vividly, even brutally offered to mankind. The choice is open. The dreadful balance trembles. It may be that our island and all the commonwealths it has gathered around it may, if we are worthy, play an important, perhaps even a decisive part in turning the scales of human fortune from bad to good, from fear to confidence, from miseries and crimes immeasurable to blessings and gains abounding. We make ourselves the servants of this cause. But it is no use espousing a cause without having also a method and a plan by which that cause may be made to win. I would not affront you with generalities. There must be the vision. There must be a plan and there must be action following upon it. We express our immediate plan and policies in a single sentence. Arm and stand by the covenant. And this alone lies the assurance of safety, the defense of freedom, and the hope of peace. Did you catch the immediate plan and policy? Arm and stand by the covenant. Now, Winston Churchill was talking about military arming. And the covenant he was talking about was the League of Nations and the Kellogg Pact. But I want you to understand, Almighty God has given to us a greater covenant. Amen. And it is a covenant that redeems us from sin and restores us to the creative position that God originally meant for mankind when God created the human race. That we would be stewards of all of his creation and that we would be ambassadors of his kingdom. And the covenant that Almighty God has made with you and with me and sealed in the blood of his son Jesus Christ is this. This is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my law on their hearts, on their minds will I write them, and their sin and iniquity I will remember no more God has made that covenant that the apostle John saw our enemy he caught a vision of our enemy in John or excuse me in the book of Revelation chapter 12 he says I saw a great red dragon that ancient serpent, the devil, Satan. And that great red dragon had coerced a third of the angels to rebel against God in heaven. We don't know what, when that was. We know it was sometime before Almighty God made the human race. 
and created the planet earth to sustain the life of the human race. Sometime before that, remember God is outside of time and space, amen? Sometime previous to him creating time and space and, and the human race, Satan led this rebellion in heaven. And he was, Michael and the two-thirds of the angels that did not rebel defeated the great red dragon, Lucifer, the devil, and threw them out of heaven. And that is why today that same great red dragon and those fallen angels, he is the ruler of the darkness of this world. They are the principalities and powers of the air. They're the ones that command the demonic forces. And they are the cosmic war that you and I fight and face every day of our life. Like it or not, you are in a cosmic war. And you're either walking under blessing or you're walking under the curse. And I want you to understand... Just as Winston Churchill called Great Britain a time to arm and a time to stand by the covenant. I say to you, it is time that you arm yourself with the weapons Almighty God has given to you. And that you stand by the covenant that Almighty God has made for you. Because God wants you walking blessed, not cursed. There's only one way to deal with the great red dragon. And it's the same way that the Lord Jesus Christ did. John recorded it in his first epistle in chapter 3, verse 8. And I'm going to have you read it with me. Oh, I forgot to bring my, my pointer with me. Can you see this okay? Everybody read it with me. Ready? Here we go. Whoever practices sin is of the devil. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Stop. I can't hear you. Would you read it with me again? Twice as loud, okay? Because what you were just doing didn't, didn't even make any demon a little bit nervous. Okay, here we go. You ready? Here we go. Okay. Whoever practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's the only way you can deal with the devil, with fallen angels and demons. You have to destroy them. You cannot make an appeasement with them. Because when you try to appease them, they take that as weakness and they just gobble up more territory in your life. You can't negotiate with them. There's no negotiating because they take negotiation as a time to just build a stronger force in the stronghold of your life. And from that stronghold in your life, they will continue to seek greater and greater level of territory in your life. There's only one way to deal with the devil, only one way to deal with demonic forces. Destroy them. Destroy them. By the way, Mr. President, there is no way to deal and negotiate and appease terrorists. You cannot do it. 
They are out to destroy this nation, out to destroy our, our, our constitution. They are out to destroy everything that is good and wholesome and righteous. And there's only one way to deal with them. If you're a dove and you didn't like that, let me urge you to go to Scripture. Scripture says there's only one way you deal with evil. Evil, and there are very real evil people in the world. How else can you explain someone filling a vehicle full of bombs, pulling it out in front of a building where there are innocents and they will blow them up? How else can you explain strapping bombs on yourself and walking into a cafe where there are innocents and going in and blowing that cafe up. How else can you explain putting bombs on a school bus that is taking children home from school and blowing up that school bus? How else can you explain filling bombs in uh, pressure cookers and putting them along a race route to blow up people? How can you explain that? Evil, folks. There's very real evil. And I want you to know there's a very real devil. There are very real fallen angels. There are very real demons. And they want to destroy your life. And the only way you can deal with them is by fighting them with spiritual weapons. You, You can't fight them with earthly weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? I want to talk about two mighty weapons that John told us about in the book of Revelation chapter 12 where he saw that vision of the great red dragon. And this this is what, what John saw there. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives to the death. The blood of the lamb. Do you remember when almighty God was going to deliver the children of Israel from Egyptian slavery? On the 14th of Abib, he told them, you take a lamb without blemish and you butcher that lamb, save the the blood of that lamb in a basin and then paint your doorposts. Because when the death angel goes through the land tonight, everywhere he sees the blood of the lamb, the death angel will pass over and it will not touch that home. Because they'll be under the protection of the blood of the Lamb. The Apostle Paul writing about this, about Jesus Christ, whom John the Baptist said, he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen? Amen. And the Apostle Paul writing about that said this, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, being justified by his blood... We shall be saved from wrath through him. Do you see what he's saying? The blood of Jesus Christ upon our life delivers us from the one that has the power of death. So we no longer have to fear death. 
Because we don't die. When you have the blood of Jesus on your heart and your life, you don't die. Oh, I know this body starts living, but you go from here immediately to be with the Lord. You don't die. Death no longer has power over you. You don't have to live in fear. Hallelujah. Come on, that's a good shouting place right there. Yeah. Yeah. Not only does the blood of Jesus Christ deliver us from the power of death, it delivers us from the curse. Paul also writing about this in Galatians, he said that Christ has redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. Listen, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that we might receive the Holy Spirit through faith. Do you hear what he's saying? Remember what God said to the children of Israel? You'll be blessed when you go out. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you rise up. You'll be blessed when you lay down. You'll be blessed in your house. You'll be blessed in your fields. You'll be blessed in your pantry. You'll be blessed in your harvest. You'll, you will be above only and not beneath. You'll be the head and not the tail. When the enemy comes against you one way, he'll flee before you seven ways. You will be the the lender and not the borrower and your rains will come in its seasons the blessings of heaven will rain down upon you remember that well I want to remind you the apostle Paul said that now through the blood of Jesus Christ those blessings are now your blessings and the generational curses are cut off and the sins of your fathers are cut off and now you can walk under the blessings of Abraham The blood of Jesus Christ delivers you from the curse. Amen, Pastor Dean. Holy Spirit, make this go in deep into their heart. Make this go in deep into their heart. The blood of the lamb delivers us from death. The blood of the lamb delivers us from the curse. And the blood of the lamb delivers us from slavery. The scripture that Pastor Dave read this morning. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness. And transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. That's Colossians chapter 1. 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1. 3 through 7. It says. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According as he hath chosen us in him. Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame. Before him in love. Having predestined us to the adoption of children. By Jesus Christ. According to the good pleasure of his will. And hath made us accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption. Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. You've been redeemed. Exagorazo. He came to the slave market and he bought you out of the slave market and he took you to the home. And when he brought you to his home, he adopted. 
adopted you as a son and daughter of Almighty God. And now you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit in you is the seal of that covenant that you are now a son and daughter of Almighty God. You are not a slave. You are not beneath. You are above only. Come on. You got to stand by the covenant. And you got to take up arms and you got to kick the devil right where it hurts most. Right in the teeth. That's why the psalm says that he knocked out the teeth of your enemy. Man, you can stand. The devil comes against you and said too often the children of God go, I'm just under such a terror. <laughs> Please feel sorry for me. Feel sorry for me. Feel sorry for me. I'm under attack. Feel sorry for me. No, no, no. Stop the sorry stuff. Stand up in the name of Jesus Christ. Take the power of his name and the power of his blood and punch him right in the mouth. Don't have to take it. You overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. See, you got to recognize something. Jesus Christ drew a line in the sand, and it's a bloodline. And Satan can't cross that bloodline unless you let him. We were singing this morning. My soul secure, your promise sure, your love endures always. See, I know that always makes Pentecostals a little bit nervous. Wait a minute, brother. Are you talking eternal security? Well, as a matter of fact, I am. See, you're eternally secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ keeps you eternally secure. See, the enemy cannot pluck you out of the hand of Almighty God. You're, You're eternally secure in Jesus Christ. You're eternally secure under the bloodline of Jesus Christ. It's only when we get stupid enough by our mouth and our choices that we walk out from under that blood of Jesus Christ. If people say, I lost my salvation. No, you didn't lose it. You chose to walk away from it. Come on, be honest. You made choices. By the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, you keep yourself secure and anchored and protected and you overcome the devil. You can't lose your salvation. You can't misplace it. And God's not up there with a stack of adoption papers, adopted, unadopted, adopted, unadopted, adopted, unadopted, adopted, unadopted. It's not how it works. He redeemed you once and for all. Amen. And if you will walk under that blood, you can overcome always. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and said, we always overcome. It's only when you, by your mouth and by your choices, you step out from under that bloodline. Well, I can't. I could never, I never can. 
It's always, it'll never change. And we, we make these statements about ourselves. And our mouth is killing us. There is, there is the power of death and life in your tongue. And you can either declare your identity in Jesus Christ and declare your victory in Jesus Christ and declare your, your victory and your power to always overcome in Jesus Christ or you can shrink back in the face of the enemy and be like the spies that go, we're grasshoppers. I understand that. If you've been in some of my Wednesday night classes, you've learned that the Nephilim were as tall as 14 feet. I mean, that's pretty close to three times my height. I know I'm a shorty, but I mean, even Pastor Reagan, that's a lot taller than him. And so, you know, you can kind of understand a little bit why there was a little bit of trembling. Amen? Come on. Somebody 14 feet. I mean, Goliath was a shorty. He was only about 10 foot tall. One of his brothers had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. That guy must have been a huge. So we kind of understand a little bit. But see, they were seeing with the natural eye, just like many times we do. We look at stuff with our natural eye. But thank God for Joshua. Thank God for Caleb, amen? Because they were seeing with the eyes of the Lord and when they looked at those 14-foot guys, they were saying, it's gonna be fun watching God take you down. (laughs) Because we will overcome you. See, look, look right here, watch. Why do you think Almighty God commanded the children of Israel to celebrate Passover every year. It was to be, first of all, a continual celebration that they were delivered. They were no longer slaves. And it was to be a continual declaration that we are covenant sons and daughters of the living God under the protection of the blood of the Lamb. Come on. Why do you think God, Jesus Christ, commanded us to keep what we call the communion, to celebrate communion? Why do we do that regularly here, twice a month? Why do we do that on a regular basis? Same reason. It's to continually declare, I am no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer in slavery. I have been redeemed. I am redeemed from death. I am redeemed from the curse. I am an adopted son and daughter of God. I am under the blood of the Lamb. It is a declaration. And dear ones, that needs to become your daily declaration in your life. This is who I am in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. And as a part of that declaration, there are two things that you need to do on a regular basis. I do this every morning. Every morning. 
First thing I do every morning is I dress myself in the armor of Almighty God. And in a few weeks, we're going to go through each one of these one by one so you can learn how to use your weapons of war. We are going to arm and we are going to stand by the covenant. Amen? Amen. And so I, arm, I, I put on the armor of God. I put on, the, I put on the, the belt of truth. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. I take up the shield of faith and I put on the helmet of salvation. I take up the sword of the spirit. And Lord God, with my mouth filled with praise and intercessory prayer, Lord, I enter into my day clothed. And then bless me indeed, almighty God. Enlarge my borders, Lord. Oh, God, may your hand be upon me and keep me from the evil one, Lord. And may I not cause pain. Every day. Every day. Every day. The last page of the book, Blood, Sweat, and Tears records a speech that now Prime Minister Winston Churchill made to Great Britain in a radio broadcast. I want to remind you, this was in February of 1941. But I'd like to remind you that on September the 7th, 600 fighter jets of the Luftwaffe and 300 bombers crossed the English Channel and bombed England for the first time. And for the next 76 straight days, day and night, they were bombed. Now it's February. And the Prime Minister is making this speech on the radio. And in his speech, he addresses the President of the United States. The the title of his speech was, Put Your Confidence in Us. And this is what he said. What answer shall I give in your name to this great man the thrice chosen head of a nation of 130 millions he is here is the answer which I will give to President Roosevelt we shall not fail or falter we shall not weaken or tire Neither the sudden shock of battle nor the long drawn out trials of vigilance and exertion will wear us down. Give us the tools and we will finish the job. See, and that must have been what the Apostle Paul was talking about. What he was talking about. That we're given the privilege to finish up the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is say, Lord God, give me the tools. Give me the weapons. And he has. 
Jesus has said, if you ask anything in my name, in my name you'll cast out devils, you'll speak with new tongues, you'll take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. You'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We've got the power of his name. He's given us the power of the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we're going to see how he has given to us other mighty weapons. Folks, we can stand. We have the tools. Let's stand by the covenant. Let's finish the job. Not on our watch will we let the enemy destroy our city. Never. Not on our watch. Amen. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.